Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Remember in John chapter 8 last week, as we look at John chapter 9, verse starting in verse 28. Remember in John chapter 9, I mean 8, that Jesus said He was the light of the world, right? And then the next thing He does in chapter 9 is He demonstrates the fact that He's the light of the world by making the man who was born blind. He gives him brand new eyes and, and makes him to see. And so he brings light into his world because he's never seen light. Doesn't know what light looks like. Doesn't know anything but anything looks like. And remember there's all this discussion going on about how he was made well and Jesus did it on the Sabbath and he deliberately did it on the Sabbath because he made the clay and he spit on the ground and that was against the rules of the Pharisees. They had made up their own rules, their own regulations. And it was against their laws and they were had put themselves in the place of God and were making up their own laws, their own rules, their own regulations. And they go and they question the man and then he uh, doesn't know who made him well and uh, then they ask, is this really him because he looks differently? And remember I said that that's the way we look. If we're saved, we look different to the world because we don't look like everybody else. And when we get saved, we start to look different than we used to before we had the new life, the new uh, walk. They begin to question the parents, and the parents will admit that yes, he's our child. Yes, he was born blind, but they will not admit to the fact that uh, they know how he got healed because they don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue. Remember, the synagogue was the place for the Jewish families that everybody met together, everybody was one. And if you were kicked out of the synagogue for having done something wrong, then they basically have put you on the nobody talk to you, nobody admit that you exist list. And that's what they, they are threatening to do if anybody believes that Jesus is the Christ. And so they keep asking and they keep asking, well, how were you made well? How were you made well? And they, they care more about the fact that the man was healed on the Sabbath and the fact that he was healed and can see now they should be happy. Instead, they're mad because Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Remember in verse 24 they said... Uh, Give God the glory that we know that this man is a sinner. They have concluded that Jesus is a sinner. And the man responds back, says, verse 25, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. So they said to him, 
What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he said, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And really, remember we said that that kind of hits the Pharisees right between the eyes because it it speaks about that in Matthew 23, verse 15. He says, Jesus says to the Pharisees, Woe to you experts in the law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, you cross the land and the sea to make one convert, and when you get one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. In other words, these people are headed for the hell. They, they are making up their rules, they're making up their regulations. They've decided the way you get to heaven is by doing this and doing that, and not doing this and not doing that. And they're bringing everybody into their fold, trying to make them the same way. I don't know how we ever decided the fact that you have to do something to go to heaven. Because Jesus says there's none righteous, no, not one. He said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And he said the only way we can get there is through Jesus. And that's been told ever since the beginning of time that we know of. Let's read in verse 28. It says, Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. Here's this, we know again. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man marveled and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he's from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know, there it is, we know again, that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of then anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind if this man were not from God he could do nothing and they answered and said to him you are completely born in sins and are you teaching us and they cast him out let's stop right there and see how far we get today remember the, the Jesus has told them over and over and over again where he's from and the, these folks they're really mad because he says Do you want to become His disciples? And in verse 28, they say, You are His disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. Moses was a great man. He was a mighty man. He was the one that gave the law. He was the great and mighty man of the Old Testament that everybody revered and looked up to. But Moses was just a man like everybody else. Moses went to heaven because he believed God and trusted God and he followed God and he believed that Jesus was coming. And these folks have set Moses up because he gave the law and the commandments and they've said, well, this is the standard. Moses is the one that gave us the law and that's how we're to get to heaven is by doing the law. But Moses never said that. The Bible's never said that. They say, we do not know where he's from. It's amazing at times that, you know, Jesus has said he's from heaven and, and claims to be from God. And he said, before Abraham, I, 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 I am. And all these things. And, and they listen to him and they know that he's saying, I'm from heaven. That I'm God. But other times they decide they don't know where he's from. <laughs> they choose to have selective memory. They say, uh, why, this is a marvelous thing, the man says, verse 30. The man answered and said to them, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened 
my eyes. He says, Now we know, verse 31, that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, He hears Him. So this this beggar, he's getting warmed up and he he's telling them, say, look, now we know that God does not hear sinners. The Bible tells us in Psalm 66 verse 18, if I regard iniquity or sin in my life, the Lord will not hear me. It says in Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but He hears the prayers of the righteous. The Pharisees have taught the people. They've taught them too well. And guess what? This man knows that God blesses the righteous. And he does not bless the wicked. He says, we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anybody is a worshiper of God and does His will. Notice that word, worshiper of God. Now, you know, that's what God really wants from all of us. Did you know that? He wants worship, right? That word worship actually came from a word that meant that was worth ship. It meant worthy of, it meant heavy and worthy. It meant worthy of praise and honor and glory. We get this word from that. And it means that He is worthy to be praised, worthy to be honored. That's what God wants is people to worship Him. We have all these cults come around today and they tell you they believe in Jesus and they believe in this and they believe in that. And you, you ask them, say, well, do you worship Jesus as God and, that, and see what they say? They'll tell you, they'll either lie to you and tell you yes or they'll say no because He's not God. These people do not worship Jesus. Notice He says, but we worship Him and, and if He does His will, guess what? Jesus said to the folks, He said, Why do you call Me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say do? Remember, Jesus wants us to worship Him as Lord because He is God and He is worthy. But guess what? That also means if you love somebody, you try to please them, right? I mean, when you really love somebody, when you really care for somebody, what do you do? You try to make them happy, right? You try to do things for them, to please them, to make them feel loved and cared for. And that's what God wants is not that we do anything to go to heaven, but because we love Him and have been saved, we do good works. We do good things for God. We do things that please Him. And that's what this man says, that because we love Him and worship Him, we're going to do His will. Because we love Him. And so He says, since the world began, verse 32, it has been unheard of that anyone has opened the eyes of of one who was born blind. Guess what? These people seem to forget that, that the Old Testament predicted that there would be one who would come who would open up the eyes of the blind. And that would be the Messiah. We read that in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 where he said he would open up the eyes of the blind. The blind would see and it's been predicted many, many times. And remember we said in the Old Testament many, many times that, that it said that Jesus, that the Messiah, that the one who was coming, he would be the one 
who would open up the eyes of the blind and make them see. But guess what? Nobody seems to remember that. Nobody seems to know that. But guess what? This man does. He says, nobody since the beginning of the world has opened up the eyes of a man and made him see. And he says in verse 33, if this man were not from God, then he could do nothing. False prophets, some of these people, they can do some little signs, some little miracles, but there's nothing like this. Remember Moses, they did all these miracles when he was fighting against Pharaoh and he kept doing all these miracles and there came a time, there came a place that guess what? They They couldn't do anything to get rid of what he did. They just could create more problems. They couldn't get rid of the flies. They couldn't get rid of the gnats. They couldn't get rid of the darkness. But you know what? That's the difference between God's power and the devil's power. God has all power. And he says if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And so he knows that this man is from God. And they answered him, verse 34, and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. So basically what they do at this point is they cast him out of the the synagogue because he has really said that Jesus is from God. And remember, they've already threatened everybody. Remember what his parents said back in uh, verse 22. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, they would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore they said, He is of age, ask Him. Guess what? These folks, they pin Him down and they say, Look, you are completely born in sin. Go back to what we said at the beginning of this chapter. What happened is the Pharisee, as Jesus is walking by, His disciples are looking and they ask Him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? Because they believe that if you had some physical problem, just as Job's friends did, that it was because you had done some kind of sin and that was why you were sick. That's why you had a problem. Now, all sin does come from, uh, all sickness does come from Adam and Eve because of the effects of sin in our lives. And sometimes people are sick because of having sin. James chapter 5 says when you have since a man has sinned he goes to the elders and he confesses his sins and they anoint him with oil and he's healed because guess what he's confessed his sins and God restores that man but you know what this man's done nothing wrong remember the Bible says at the beginning Jesus said that this man was born blind that the works of God might be shown in him and we said that any kind of problems we have in our life, sometimes God has those problems there. We don't know when we go to the doctor. That we're witnessing to that doctor by our life, the way we respond to that sickness, that disease, that problem in our life. And they look at us and they go, everybody else that's in here has got that problem going crazy and having a fit and all these things. And here you are witnessing to us about 
going to heaven. And so you never know. It might be that nurse. It might be that doctor. It might be that family member. It might be somebody in this facility. Who knows what God is doing through our sicknesses and our problems. God wants us to use the problems in our lives so that we can witness to others and let them know how good God is. And that's why this man was born blind. And it says... Are you teaching us? You're a sinner. You're just old, completely born in sin. Everything about you is sinful. And you're teaching us. We're the teachers of the law. And they cast him out. They kicked him out of the synagogue. They said, you are finished. You are through. Get out of here. And they un-synagogue him. Let's look at verse 35. Now notice the man's parents have done what? kind of cast him aside because they admitted they were his son, but they wouldn't even stand up for him. The Pharisees have attacked him. These other people have brought him to the Pharisees. Now he's been kicked out of the synagogue and at his lowest point, guess what? He's had time to think about who he is, about his life, about everything that's gone on. And it says in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? See, it comes down to us. In our lowest times, in our toughest times of life, Jesus is always there for us. Did you know that? He's always here. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus comes at the lowest point of His life. Sometimes we have to get so far down that there's nowhere else to look but up. And that's where this man is at. He's so far down that even though he's got a sight back, everybody's turned their back on him. Everybody's walked off from him. Even his parents won't stand up for him. And he's sitting there all alone, cast out, ostracized. And here comes Jesus. And Jesus basically tells him, I love you. Because he shows up when everybody else has left him, right? And he says, and when he had found him, he goes and finds the man. Not the man found him, but he went and found the man. And he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Now some of our Bibles might say Son of Man there. But the best translation is really the Son of God. He's basically saying, Do you believe I'm the Messiah? Do you believe I am God? Do you believe I am the Christ? That is what he is saying. And the man answered him and said, verse 36, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? He still doesn't know that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. Remember, as soon as Jesus healed him, what did he do? He left him. And he left him to life. He left him to circumstances to see what would happen. And then at his lowest point, he comes back and finds him. And in verse 37, And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Basically, Jesus tells him, Look, you've seen him. His eyes are open. You've seen him. And it is he who's talking with you. You're talking to God. I'm right here in front of you. You see me. Here I am. And then the man said in verse 38, Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. In verse 39, Jesus said, 
For judgment I've come into the world that those who may see may not those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. He says, I believe his eyes are open, he sees all of a sudden, and he believes and he worshipped him. Here's that word he worshipped him again. If anyone's a worshiper of God, then this man worships him. And he believes that Jesus is the Christ. That's what the Bible says. That we need to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And in verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I've come into the world that those who, may, who do not see may see and those who, do not, who, those who do see may be made blind. Jesus puts two parts on this judgment. That word judgment literally means to sift. And when they make it, when a judge sits in the judgment seat, what is he doing? He's sifting through all the evidence to see what's right and what's wrong. And that's what he does here. For judgment, for separation, I've come into this world. What happens that those who do not see may see. Those who are blind may see God and believe and trust in Him and, and be saved and go to heaven. And that those who see may be made blind. See, Jesus said, I didn't come in the world to save the righteous, but I came to save the sick. He came in the world to save those who know they have a need for the Savior. And that what Matthew 5 says? Blessed are the poor, blessed are blind, blessed are those who are oppressed, those who are persecuted, those who are mistreated. Blessed are those. Joyful are those. Because why? Theirs is the kingdom of God. And those who have nothing very often are the ones that come to Christ. Those who realize that there's nothing else but Jesus. Now there's folks in this old world that they think they've got all their ducks in a row and they've got everything going on and they've lived perfect and all these things. And guess what? Those are the ones who don't make it to heaven. You know why? Because they think they're too good. They don't need Jesus. And, and they can work their way in. They can do something to earn it, to deserve it, to pay for it. But Jesus says you can't. But many, many people believe that they're good enough to go to heaven. You, know, you ever hear anybody say, give me what I deserve? We all think we deserve more than we do. But Jesus says we all deserve death and hell and damnation. And then some of the Pharisees, well, so what he did is he opened up the eyes of the guy who was blind because he was willing to hear, willing to hear the truth, willing to believe, willing to go to heaven because he, he knew the truth and heard the truth and was willing to receive it. But these Pharisees, remember, they're not willing to hear anything Jesus says. And because they're not willing, guess what? They become blinder and blinder and blinder. And that's what happens. And then it says, Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remain. Let me, let me walk through some progression here. The blind man, verse 11, he says, All he knows is a man called Jesus healed him. Look at verse 17. He, he says that Jesus is a prophet. That this man's a miracle worker. 
Verse 25, he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't see that, but, but one thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. Verse 31, he believes he's from God. He says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, he hears Him. Verse 33, he says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And he worshipped Him. And he believes in Him. And he's saved. And, he see, and as he sees more and more of Jesus and who he really is, he gets stronger and stronger, gets more courageous and more courageous and he gets in the face of these Pharisees, these legalistic Jews, and, and gets right in their face do the folks who truly believe in Jesus Christ. But notice the digression of the Pharisees. And he says here, not from God. But then in verse 24, they say, give God the glory. We know this man is a sinner. And so in verse 39, the Pharisees say, are we blind also? And Jesus says, because you think you see, you really don't. See, you know, the world really thinks and understands and knows what life's about, but it doesn't. All the way back in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And we have seen His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the whole reason Jesus came into this world was that He might be worshipped, that He might be glorified, that He might be praised. And this man, this blind man, sees who He is. One that was blind, now He sees. Isn't that what it says in Amazing Grace? And guess what? The ones who think they see do not. And you know, that's the way it is in life. Many, many people think they know what's going on, but many, many people really don't. And they find out one day when it's too late that they should have trusted Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for who You are And we just ask today that if there's somebody here that doesn't really know You, that hasn't seen the light, that hasn't trusted You, that You would help them to see. Lord, we pray that eyes would be open and hearts would be open and You would be seen and heard and worshipped. Lord, we pray that there's no blind eyes in here that have not seen, that are not willing to see. But Lord, that all eyes are open and upon You. And we thank You for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, let's sing number 71, Amazing Grace. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, 
to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8.32